0: If you have a Bible, and I hope you do. The beauty of the gospel is that God has saved us. He's freed us from the power and the penalty of sin. He's put us in Christ, who's now our life. So we gather together to surrender our lives and say, our lives are yours, and we're your servants. It's not a radical version of Christianity. This is biblical Christianity. It's what it means to be a follower of Christ. We don't call the shots. He calls the shots.
1: The Radical Together Podcast with teaching from David Platt. Welcome to this special episode of the Radical Together podcast. I'm Jonathan Witt, producer of Radical Together, and if you're new to the podcast, you can listen to all the previous episodes at Radical.net or by subscribing on iTunes. Now, instead of a regular teaching session in this episode, a few days ago, I actually sat down and had a conversation with David, and we talked about this last year in ministry, his family, and his new role as president of the International Mission Board. David, thanks for taking the time to talk to us today. I know you're a busy guy. You've been traveling around the world for various reasons. I know you just recently got back from a short-term missions trip. Tell us a little bit about that.
0: Yeah, I just got back from North Africa. Uh, A few months ago, I realized a lot of the travel I've been doing overseas has been for meetings, um, which are good and needed in different places. But I just wanted to go on a trip where I'd be on the front lines in a remote area, sharing the gospel to people who've never heard it. And so that's what we were doing in this country in North Africa. Um, and it was humbling, uh, challenging, encouraging trip on, on many different levels. Um, so just in the uh, mountains of North Africa, pretty remote area. So think uh, the people group we were working among has a little over 2 million people and there's about 150 believers be max number of believers. Um, so the majority, I mean, not majority, I mean, almost everybody in that people group doesn't have, not only doesn't have a relationship with Christ, but most don't have access to the gospel. And so it was just really, really humbling to meet with the few believers that are there. We probably met with about 15 or 20% of the believers in that people group and just had an opportunity to encourage them and gather together with them and Worship in a secret location and, uh, kind of worship gathering where everybody turns in their cell phones at the beginning and we, and we sing, we sing pretty quietly. And, uh, but to be able to encourage them from the word, pray with them, to, uh, celebrate the Lord's Supper with this church in a house and, uh, and just to build them up and, and at the same time to, to go out then from that, that church and, and through some different creative means, through IMB personnel who live there uh, that have, have opened up access for the gospel, to share the gospel to people who have never heard it. And uh, I think about one, one day in particular, we were out in a pretty remote village just on a mountaintop, and you just look— and for miles and miles around you see mountains and villages scattered around these mountains, and you realize this one particular location, you realize in all the miles you can see everywhere around you, there's only one believer in that entire area. And it's the believer you're you're staying with. And uh so just reminded of the vast losses in the world and the opportunities that we have to get the gospel to them that we must take. So Um, I could go on and on with story after story, but uh, that's, that's a summary of my most recent trip to North Africa.
1: Yeah, it's really great that you have the opportunity to not just travel in your official capacity as president of the IMB, but you also have the opportunity to get out and serve and see what God is doing in and through the church around the world. Are there some common themes or common threads that you're seeing God doing in the church in different parts of the world?
0: You know, the way I would sum it up, when I when I look at the big picture, so, I mean, the world, what all is God doing in the world, that's a pretty massive picture. But the way, if I were to summarize what I see, on one hand, I see unprecedented opportunity uh, before us. I mean, you look at news headlines like we're seeing when it comes to refugee crises or uh, even natural disasters over the uh, last year, like we've seen in uh, Nepal and earthquake Um story after story uh in some of those areas just showing we there are opportunities for the gospel to go forward in ways that were not there a year ago uh so people who have had have had no access to the gospel in syria now as they're leaving syria or having access to the gospel in different places um even nepal um I was just meeting last week with uh, some folks who live and work there and uh, the opportunities that are there for the gospel to go forward into villages where it's not gone before are there. And so there's unprecedented opportunities when we we look at what's going on in the world and, and just think through it. Uh, through the lens of Acts chapter 17, 25 and 26, God is sovereignly ordaining the movements of the nations that people might seek him and be and be found by him. So that's happening. So unprecedented opportunities. At the same time, uh, real risk. Um, so it's not easy doing ministry. Uh, when it comes to these areas in and around uh, Syria, for example, or other parts of the world where there is there's war or terrorism, um, and uh, I, obviously we see headlines about that. This is one of the pers- perspective changers for me, even stepping into this role over this last year leading IMB, because when I open up my uh, app this morning and look at news headlines around the world and see. Uh Terrorist attack there or bombing here, or this or that. I realize we've got personnel in most all these places. Um, and so there's risk. It's not easy. Even last night I was having a conversation with somebody just saying, well, why Why do you or why do the people you lead even go to these places and take risks? Uh, and the reality is we go because we've been commanded to go. And so we'd be foolish to think that in a world with all the complexities around us and all the injustice around us and, and and war and terrorism and this or that that it's going to be easy to get the gospel to the nations it's not going to be easy but uh it is going to be worth it so uh the reward is worth the risk and the reward of seeing people come to know christ uh in these mountains in north africa or this part of uh central asia or the middle east uh that it's worth it. Uh, and the gospel compels us to go. And uh, so that's, when I look at the big picture of the world, I see unprecedented opportunities. And I just, I pray that we as a church, as the church, as churches, will take advantage of those opportunities. Knowing that there's risk in taking advantage of those opportunities. But believing that Christ And
1: his glory and the gospel and the Great Commission are a reward that's worth taking those risks. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. You know, I think about three sisters that we recently had the opportunity to speak with who were serving in the Middle East among 600,000 Syrian refugees. And by their own admission, these three sisters said this was not an easy context to work in and that they were even suffering from the effects of PTSD in some ways. But they just talked about God's faithfulness to give them exactly what they needed in order to do the work that he had put them there to do. And praise God for his faithfulness to do that. Now, David, you've had the opportunity to visit many of your personnel throughout the field um, in all different parts of the world. So what are some of the things that you are learning from those folks who have been serving so faithfully in different parts of the world?
0: well it's it's humbling to spend time with brothers and sisters who have uh, gone as singles as couples as families with uh, different different numbers of kids to some of the most difficult to reach places with the gospel and just to to see the fruit of their lives, even when I was in North Africa recently and spending time with uh, these believers the few believers that are there I mean that's the those believers are the fruit of many years of gospel uh, seed sowing in those mountains and uh, in those cities and towns and, uh, and it's not easy but again worth it and just to see that the fruit of people who've gone moved overseas learned language learned culture and built bridges for the spread of the gospel and are now Planting churches to uh, in those places and helping raise up pastors for those churches and and missionaries who will go out from those churches. I mean, the whole goal of what we do as IMB around the world is is to lead people to Christ, see them gather together in churches, and uh, pastors raised up to shepherd those churches faithfully, and then missionary ra- missionaries raised up from those churches to join in the task with us, so that they're now going after unreached people. Uh, from their churches and sort to see that playing out is so encouraging it's humbling because uh because it's not easy because uh brothers and sisters who've moved around the world to give themselves to that task face all kinds of challenges uh in the process um but to see the fruit from their lives and 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 you talk about john 15 fruit that, that will last uh, when i look at uh Believers in North Africa who have, who years before, um, five, ten years ago, had never even heard the gospel. And now they've not only heard the gospel, they believed it, and they're pastoring a church that's shepherding others who believe the gospel and is sending out missionaries. Like, that's fruit that will last and uh, And fruit worth giving our lives to, and so, to spend time in different contexts, I just mentioned North Africa, but in different ways around the world to be with brothers and sisters doing that, and just to pray that in the days ahead, God would raise up multitudes more men and women to join them on the front lines, doing that in all kinds of different ways. So not just in remote, extreme places, but in global cities through jobs and uh, opportunities to study or opportunities to retire. There's so many avenues that are there for us to be involved in the Great Commission from our churches. So I've just been, I continually pray that God would bring about just a missional awakening in our day, that, that he would wake his church up to see his great glory in a fresh way and to see the plethora of opportunities that are available to us if we'll take them to get the gospel of
1: the nations. Mm, Amen. I would imagine that in in getting to visit so many people in different parts of the world, it probably just um, gives you a fresh perspective on how to pray for missionaries and for just gospel work throughout the world.
0: Well, it definitely changes perspective in many ways just because you know the people you're praying for. Uh, at the same time, the, the thing that's encouraging, and I would certainly encourage people who are listening to this, the, the things we see in Scripture that we're to pray for, uh, we know to pray for, to pray for more laborers for the harvest field. Jesus has told us to do that, so let's pray for that, to pray for boldness uh, and courage and those who are there to share the gospel. Um, so this is, these are things that we need to pray for, to to pray for open hearts, for Lydia-type work to be done in the hearts of people. God opened Lydia's heart to believe, just to pray for... For that to happen among unreached people. So for soft hearts that are receptive to the gospel. For boldness for people to proclaim the gospel. So these things that we see in the New Testament that the church was praying for each other. And Paul was saying, pray for me in these ways. I mean, for us, just whenever we read those passages in the New Testament, just to pause and pray the exact same thing for brothers and sisters around the world Uh so scripture gives us good guide for how to
1: how to intercede and be involved in what God's doing around the world through our intercession. Yeah, that's good. It's a great reminder to remember to look to scripture to guide us in the way we pray for gospel advancement around the world. David, kind of changing gears here, tell us a little bit of an update about the Platt family. How's everybody doing?
0: Uh, the Platt family doing great. We are uh, fairly settled in uh, here in Richmond. where are uh, headquarters uh, for the uh, International Mission Board is, and so um, we yeah are plugged in trying to share the gospel here through different avenues and through church here just wanting to be a faithful gospel witness in the place where God has put us and kids. Uh, are thriving in all kinds of different ways. So I could bore you with stories about them, but uh, just celebrate a couple of birthdays. So they're nine. Joshua just turned eight. And then Mary Ruth is five. And Isaiah just turned three. And so we, we are really, it's, it's been a, they've been a, get a good age for, for transition and they've transitioned well. And Heather has, she's just thriving. I mean, a uh, uh, couple days ago, had kids in our house and she's teaching them about uh what god's doing around the world and the gospel and so kids from our neighborhood and other neighborhoods come and uh and so i just i look around my table at night and realize just how blessed
1: i am so family is doing really good it's really great to hear you know it's been a big year for you guys lots of transition you've moved from one state to another, you've transitioned out of the pastorate into your role at the IMB. So there's just been a lot of change for you. And David, you are an evangelist at heart. So how has God been opening doors for you to use those skills in your new role as the IMB president?
0: Well, when I when I think about the transition that I've made uh, into this new role, uh, there's certainly things I miss about pastoring full-time and, and, and just love the church at Brook Hills and uh, so grateful for God's grace in that church um, uh, even beyond my uh, leaving there. But you know I, I see it as a transition from uh, pastoring 4,000 or so folks on a weekly basis to leading and pastoring that one church to leading a coalition of 40,000 churches to plant churches and jungles and deserts and war zones and some of the top cities in the world uh when it comes to population and influence uh and so i want to be faithful in that task and i do see i mean much of that task is mobilization it's 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 calling the church to go and opening up pathways for people to go for a long time. Um, And even some of the challenges we walked through recently at IMB because we have limited uh, and we'll always have limited resources when it comes to uh, our ability to send people overseas. But that doesn't mean that. There's limited opportunities for the gospel to get to the nations. There's unlimited, limitless opportunities. I'm convinced for the gospel to get to the nations. And so I want to lead uh, IMB and the, the coalition of churches we represent to think wisely through all the opportunities that are available to us to take the gospel to the nations to send more and more and more people and so whether it's traveling and preaching or uh and, and just different different ways different avenues of ministry that the lord's entrusted to me in this role uh i want to be faithful to uh to not just call the church to go but to help the church go to serve church as well I really want IMB to be a good partner for churches who are sending missionaries and churches that are uh, sending teams or, or individuals uh, to get the gospel to the nations to plant churches where the church doesn't exist and so uh, I'm just, I'm exhilarated giving myself to that and uh, certainly miss pastoring but thankful that Uh, God's given me the privilege and the opportunity to be a part of an enterprise that right now is spreading the gospel in places where it's never been heard uh, and places where it must be heard.
1: Yeah, and a follow-up question to that would just be, is there anything that the IMB is currently doing or about to roll out that you're just really excited about as far as mobilizing the church for global mission?
0: Well, there's there's tons of stuff going on and uh, just in the normal course of what personnel with the IMB, minimum with the IMB are doing every single day. One of the uh, new things that might, might pertain to that question that we're doing, it's just a pilot project at this point, but we're piloting a project in uh, five global cities in particular, and it's it's. We could have picked any number of cities um, uh, that we're already in all around the world. But we're taking five cities in particular, London, Dubai, and Mumbai, and Shanghai, and Kuala Lumpur. Uh, I think that was all five of them. Um, but uh, our goal is to consider how we can more effectively integrate uh, professionals and students and retirees Uh, on mission alongside those uh, missionaries who are already living there and are full-time supported there. So we want to, we're going to continue as IMB to support and send full-time missionaries. But there's opportunities for students to study overseas in each of those cities and to get degrees overseas, undergraduate, graduate degrees. And so instead of doing studies here, like why not consider doing studies somewhere else in the world and some of these cities will even they have universities that will even give scholarship and different levels of scholarship for people to come and study so instead of the default being studying here wherever our favorite football team is like what what if we actually like study for the spread of the gospel among the nations um, so opportunities for students and professionals and the reason why we're focusing this pilot project on cities is because there's more opportunities for work uh, for westerners um, so uh members of uh, churches in America have opportunities for work in each of those cities that wouldn't be there in a jungle in this part of uh, South America or desert in this part of sub-Saharan Africa or war zone here or there and so trying to think through uh, what are the opportunities for work because we've got job coaches that are set up to help people uh, think through job opportunities in those cities and then even retirees to, to think through strategically how to use uh, retirement income that uh, even the U.S. government can give for the spread of the gospel to the nations, and and the nations are actually wanting to to help us in this. Uh, so uh, I mentioned Kuala Lumpur um, in Malaysia; they actually have a whole program that's focused on uh, people retiring in KL in Kuala Lumpur, and uh, and they want people to come do that. And so if they want it, let's take advantage of these opportunities and do that, retire for the spread of the gospel among the nations so all that to say with these, it's a pilot project, it's pretty small right now, if people were interested in, in finding out more about it, they can go to imb.org slash cities um but uh, our goal is to to keep it pretty small and stay pretty focused right now. So we're not doing some big launch of it. But uh, in these five cities, learn some things with a view toward if we're able to do this well, then we could scale that and, and expand to more cities. So I'm, I'm pretty excited about the possibilities that exist there and the things that we'll learn in the process.
1: Wow, that's really exciting stuff to hear about. Just the way that God is opening doors for innovative and creative ways to engage People in these major epicenters. I mean, these are large cities, and these are not just one or two people groups. These are people groups from all over the world because they're international cities. So it's just really cool to hear about that pilot program and looking forward to hearing more about that in the future. Now, David, you're not just the president of the IMB, you also founded Radical, which is the ministry that produces this podcast. It's your resource ministry. Tell us a little bit of an update about Radical and how things are going with that. Organization. Organization as well.
0: Well, I'm I'm so thankful for uh, the whole whole Radical team and and basically the way things set up Radical was an outgrowth of ministry at Brook Hills, and uh, as was shepherding and leading that local church uh, saw uh, avenues that we could help serve other local churches through resources and events like Secret Church, for example, um, that take time and energy to to. To, that are needed in order to serve churches in order to do those events and so that's where Radical came from it was based on ministry leadership at in, in, in Brook Hills in a way that would serve other churches and so Radical as a result has been kind of shifting now uh, that I'm instead of my primary leadership being in a local church my primary leadership is as president of the IMB and so radical, thinking through how can how can we serve, supplement, how can we take resources uh, that are there and make that available to churches, um, not only that the IMB serves, but far beyond churches that the IMB uh, specifically serves. And so um, the way that looks, I think it's still being fleshed out in the days to come. But the, th- the thing is, people ask me all the time, is Secret Church still happening? And so we say, yes, absolutely, Secret Church is still happening. Secret Church is actually going on the road this year. And I'm really, really excited about uh, that coming at the end of April, and uh, and even the topic for that—a global gospel in a world of religions. And uh, I know we're going to talk about that at another another time. But I, I I'm really excited just about helping equip the church to think through how to share the gospel with Muslims and Hindus and. Uh, animists and Buddhists and atheists and agnostics uh, so that's the focus of the secret church so secret church is still going on and, and Radical is uh, who makes that happen and then resources even as uh, we're walking through different things as, as at the IMB wanted to take some of the resources here and just make those as available to uh, as many churches as possible both here and around the world so Radical is continuing to take resources and translate them into multiple languages to serve the church around the world um, I was so encouraged when I, when I was in North Africa. So most every believer that I talked to at some point had had some exposure to the gospel through some sort of media um, and ministries that were intentionally aimed at uh, uh, evangelism in those areas, through shortwave radio or this or that, um, or through written materials. And so uh, I just... I was reminded of the potential that's there through uh, technology and through in the digital age we live in, just the massive opportunities that are there. And so I'm so encouraged when I see, whenever I look at the Radical resource side, as we try to bolster that in different ways, uh, just to see all these different resources in multiple languages that are uh, all aimed at getting the gospel around the world and equipping the church around the world. And so Radical is continuing on all those those fronts and and look forward to seeing how that will even grow in the days to come.
1: David, you are a man who the Lord just burdens your heart for things in prayer, and so you spend a lot of time praying for just all kinds of things that the, that the Lord just places on your heart. What are some of the things that you are just currently praying for? Well, I, I mentioned
0: earlier, uh, I pray
1: continually
0: for. This is, I think, right in line with Matthew nine thirty seven and thirty eight. Ask the Lord of the Harvest to send out workers from His harvest field. So, I, I pray for an awakening of men and women in the church to the urgency and necessity of missions. Uh, even I was having a conversation last night with somebody who said, um, "I didn't." It, it, their their comment was, and this is a follower of Christ who's involved in the church and who's even led in the church in different ways, and said, I just assumed everybody had heard uh, the gospel. And just so I uh, pray for an awakening, the realization not everybody has heard the gospel, and that that must change. That the greatest injustice in the world is that there's 2.8 or so billion people who've never heard the gospel. And so, uh, so anyway, I pray that we would wake up to see that reality and that we would respond in obedience, that we would take the gospel to the nations. So when I pray, ask the Lord of the harvest to send out workers in the harvest field, I'm thinking really on, on two levels. I'm praying that God would do that in the church in America, that he would raise up multitudes, more men and women who are taking the gospel of the nations. But then he would also do it among the nations, that he would raise up harvesters from the mission field uh i kind of talked about this earlier just with the way we the tasks we've been given to accomplish uh is we, we go we evangelize we disciple we gather people into churches but then we equip them to then send out others to go into the mission force with us and so when i look at the harvest fields as i was, I was uh, reading and praying through john chapter four this morning the harvest field they're white for harvest and the picture there is not just they're ready to hear the gospel but there's people that God's going to not only save but send out to take the guy and so there's harvesters that are waiting in those harvest fields to then go to the new harvest fields so anyway that's a long answer to the question so what do you pray for I mean, many different things but but when I think about all they've been talking about in particular I think I just pray God raise up more harvesters for the work from U.S. churches, from North American churches, and then from churches around the world where the church is even going to be planted uh, in the next few years. May you raise up more harvest uh, harvesters from those churches to get the gospel to new harvest fields until until the day when I uh, don't have to pray that anymore, because uh, Christ has come back and all the nations are glorifying him as king.
1: Absolutely, David what's god teaching you in the word right now you mentioned john chapter four earlier in your bible reading plan what's god showing you as you read through the bible
0: oh man i to sum up uh so uh, just the last couple of days i've um, been in haggai and zachariah and john so uh, uh of all places like it was really wonderful just a couple of days ago i um just been wrestling with, I mean, I got a lot on my plate and, uh, a lot of things going on and the busyness that can come in as a result of that. And just came to the, I just spent some, when I got had my time with the Lord that morning and just spent some time in prayer, just confessing, uh, just a, a busyness and some conviction about some, some ways where I can lose sight of things in the midst of that busyness. And, uh, just come to the word in real need, and then open up to Hab- uh, Haggai chapter one and see the people, and it talks about how they were busying themselves with this or that, and they needed to prioritize uh, the presence of God and the uh, the purpose of God in their midst. And it was just a great word that uh, amidst and I know it looks in, in many of our lives. We, I mean, busyness is we're we're constantly uh, surrounded by all kinds of things on our plate, but to make sure we're prioritizing. God's presence being with him and hearing from him and obeying him, not delaying obedience. When he speaks, we act, um, not letting delayed obedience become disobedience. And so, so prioritizing his presence in that way. And then his purpose, uh, in our lives, like I want to prioritize, uh, evangelism and disciple making. I want to prioritize the things that he has said is most important because if I'm not careful, I can crowd out my calendar with a lot of good things but not the best thing that uh the the central commands that christ has given to us and uh and specifically the command to make disciples so um all that to say that's that's overflow from haggai and Zechariah. um Zechariah one it's a pretty complicated vision this morning so i'm still <laughs> wrestling through exactly all that yeah. means but uh anyway that's some
1: of the fruit from the word in my own <laughs> mind and heart Oh, that's good. <laughs> Definitely chew on that a little while longer, and uh, thank you for sharing that. That's good. Um, David, how can we be praying for you? You mentioned that you have a very full plate, so how could we and the listener uh, be praying for you in your ministry right now?
0: Man, I appreciate you asking. I, I think more than anything, uh, well, it just flows from what we were just talking about when it comes to prayer and the Word. Just personally, just for con- continued and growing uh deepening intimacy with the lord joy in the lord delight in the lord just uh i want to abide in him and him to abide in me his words to abide in me and and then for specifically for wisdom that just flows from that I, I, i look at um my life my family i look at uh uh church and then uh my leadership in the IMB and I'm just driven to pray for wisdom on every level. Uh, just pleading in a first Kings chapter three kind of way um, for wisdom to make decisions and uh, to live and lead in a way that honors the Lord and the fear of the Lord. Cause obviously, you know, that, uh, that's where wisdom is found and, uh, and, and in, in ways that are far beyond any knowledge or experience that I have to bring it to, I mean, I'm, in over my head at every level of my life and family and leadership. And so I just constantly pray for wisdom.
1: Absolutely. Well, we will pray for that wisdom and for your family and for all these requests. And thank you for sharing those with us. Before we go, if we could, just thinking about closing out 2015, moving into 2016, I can't help but feel that maybe there's someone listening to this podcast who may be struggling right now. David, would you just take a moment and pray for... Uh, those listeners and for those people
0: sure i'd love to father i pray for uh people who are listening uh, to this right now as they're driving as they're sitting somewhere as they're walking or exercising uh, just wherever they find themselves at this moment uh god that they would know the depth of your love for them in a fresh way even now that you would remind them that you so love the world and you so love them that you sent your one and only son that through faith, through belief in him we would be forgiven of all of our sins that we would not perish in our sins we would have everlasting life God that the wonder of the gospel would just in a fresh way land on their minds and their hearts in a way that would compel them today, uh, in a way that would drive them, in a way that would give them confidence, humble confidence in you and your provision amidst whatever they find themselves going through in their lives right now, that you love them, that you are faithful to provide for everything they need, that you would give them strength and God, give them wisdom and give them your perspective on their circumstances and on the world around them. God, that you would enable them to walk faithfully and steadfastly with you, that you would help them right now in their life today to grow as a disciple of Jesus. and to give their lives to making disciples of Jesus. God, I pray that you would give them opportunity today to speak the gospel to someone else. To God, would you give some, many of the people who are listening right now an opportunity to share the gospel in a way that would open someone's eyes to salvation? Would you save someone through the... Brothers and sisters who are listening to this now, would you use these brothers and sisters who are listening to this to make disciples? Today, this week, this month, God help us to be faithful to the task that you've entrusted to us and the privilege you've given to us of leading other people to move from from perishing in sin to everlasting life. So... Uh, god use us toward that end uh, yeah, just in each one of our lives, in the spheres of influence and opportunities you've entrusted to us, right where we live, and then wherever you lead, god as we've talked a lot about what you're doing around the world we we pray that you would use each of our lives, our families, the churches we're a part of to in the spread of the gospel to those who've never heard it. uh We pray that you would indeed raise up many, many, many more. Laborers for the harvest field, men and women who are taking the gospel of nations, maybe through even this global cities project, and and then other things and the other opportunities that may arise in the days to come. Lord, may multitudes more men and women faithfully spread the gospel to the nations uh, toward the end that you might be glorified among the nations. As we anticipate the day when we will all gather around your throne and sing your praises. So help. Help every brother and sister who's listening to this. Help me, help us to be faithful until that day to the task you've entrusted to us for the joy you've set before us. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Amen,
1: amen. David, thank you so much for your time. We appreciate the things that you've shared with us and uh, as always, we love you. We hope to do it again soon. Enjoyed it, good to catch up. That's all for this episode. Thank you for joining us today. For other free resources from David Platt, including those in other languages, visit Radical.net. And if you'd like more information on the International Mission Board, visit imb.org. And we hope you'll join us next time for more teaching from David right here on the Radical Together podcast.